In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with Scott Petrak. Scott, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Paul. I'm good. Good to talk to you. I've been um, watching the training camp. How has it been since it started? And have they moved you to a better viewing point? <laughs> um, it's been good to watch football. Obviously, things are, things are different this year. No fans. Um, we don't have the same freedom to wander around and get close to Certain drills, you know, I mean, we used to sit right on the field and watch the team drills. Um, and yes, as long as they're not practicing on the far field, we're okay. The one field we're pretty close to, um, the last two days that they've been on the far field from away from the facility, and there's kind of a cart path back there that they let us stand on. And you can see, you can see most stuff. Um, it's just not the same angle that we're used to, but um, everybody has to adjust, and it's been good. It's been good to go out there and see stuff. Yeah, awesome. I've got to say, I'm very jealous, you media guys. You're probably jealous of us watching it on TV. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it's great to watch. And um, how's it been with all the Zoom uh, calls with the actual uh, head coach and the media? Yeah, that's another thing that takes <laughs> it takes some getting used to. Um, you know, obviously not the same as – You'd like it to be not the same as normal. Um, you know, the, the guys have been fine. It's, it's hard not being in the locker room. It's hard not being face-to-face with the coach, you know, especially a new coach. Um, you know, I, I guess I get to see his face. I don't know if he zooms in on us or not during the Zoom calls or we just stay little tiny windows to him. Um, but, you know, it's been fine. We're talking to, you know, probably three guys a day plus Kevin Stefanski. So that's a decent number to talk to. Hopefully be able to get some one-on-one phone or Zoom interviews coming up because that's that's a good part of training camp is you can talk to, you know, either some big guys or some not-so-big guys and kind of delve into their stories a little bit. And up until this point, it's been all, you know, we're all talking to the same people. Yeah, I get that. And I think one benefit is, though, Everyone knows your name. Your name will be there on Zoom. No one can forget who you are. So I guess that's the only one benefit. Yeah, that is good. Right. The, co- the coach has been using our names a lot. So that is a good part. I've noticed that a lot because the coach has been saying people's name. You don't just hear Tony. You actually hear Scott, Fred, uh, <laughs> everyone's name. But let's talk about today's um, training session. Uh, how did you find it uh, actually being there live? Yeah, first of all, I got to point out that they weren't in pads. NFL yes. rules say you can only practice in pads. I don't know if it's three or four days in a row, so they were there. Or no, three days. So I think it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So they had to, they had to go no pads today. So that always, whether or not decreases the intensity, it decreases, I don't know, I think the work you can get in is in a practice. Um, but having said that, I thought there were some interesting periods 
I thought the offense looked much better today. It wasn't perfect, but there were more big plays. Um, I thought Baker threw the ball better today. Still wasn't perfect, but the offense had a rough day Wednesday and kind of a rough week, I thought, and today was better. Um, OBJ made a great catch on a deep ball with two defenders around him. He went up and out jumped them and brought it down at like the one yard line. Uh, so it was good. You saw some stuff. Denzel Ward had a pick six where they were kind of on the goal line and they ran a little out and he jumped in front. It was a case Keenum pass. He jumped in front and took it a hundred yards yep. for a touchdown. Um, MJ Stewart jr. Who is getting a look at Nickelback with Kevin Johnson having that lacerated kidney. He showed up a couple times. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's um, second-round talent, wasn't he, 2018? Yeah, and, and I, you know, I need to do more research to see why it didn't work in Tampa Bay. You know, it's pretty quick to give up on a second-round pick. Do but, you know what, Scott? I actually got some um, – I actually did a bit of homework and asked a uh, UK Tampa uh, fan. And, yeah. Uh, he told me – this was – his um, his words only started six games, mostly as an outside corner, but doesn't have the physical for it. He probably looked best at nickel, versatile huh. and with some speed, but he needs to work with an experienced uh, defensive back coach to find the best position for him. Quick, athletic, and seems to be fairly bright. Just okay. about finding out where he fits in the uh, NFL. All right. Well, as long as he doesn't have any you know, big uh, skeletons in the closet and he, you know, plays somewhere close to being a second-round talent, then I, I think you could see him play a decent amount of nickel because, you know, Terrence Mitchell would seem like he's the next guy up, but he's mostly an outside corner. Um, you know, maybe you can play some Grant Delpit there if you wanted to or, you know, if you go three safeties. But if Stewart turns out to be legitimate and Johnson's out for a while – um, it'd be nice if they didn't have to do something crazy to find a solution for nickel. Cause we all know how important that third, how important that third corner is with so many teams going three wides all the time. That guy's got to be good. So it, it would, I think it would make Andrew Barry breathe a lot easier if this waiver claim from a week and a half ago turned out to be able to step in and fill that role. Yeah, no, it seems a great bit of business, but Obviously, on TV, we get to see all the big plays. We get to see Odell and uh, Harris Bryant looks great this. Uh, Bryant looks great this week. What about the things we don't see? Are you being able to to work out a little bit of what's going on with the O line, or is it just impossible to, to to see with no pads on? No, I mean, you know, they were in pads earlier in the week. Here's one of the things, like today, there was a a session where the Skill guys were on one field. You know, Baker's throwing to receivers versus corners. And on the other field, they have your O-line going against the D-line one-on-one. And Jedrick Wills, who I, you know, number 10 pick in the draft, I thought was a really good pick. There were plenty of people that downplayed the move from right tackle to left tackle. He never played left tackle. And I know we didn't have an offseason. So all this stuff is kind of stacked up against him. He has not looked that good to me. And whether it's team drills or whether it's one-on-one, there are plenty of examples of the defensive ends getting the best of Wills. And it's not Miles Garrett, right, because he hasn't been practicing. He did a little bit in individual drills today. It's Olivier Vernon. It's, you know, guys down the roster 
that have been able to get by Will. So, you know, I'm not saying anybody should panic about this. I'm saying it's worth paying attention to because maybe that, and I think that that transition is difficult and it's going to take some time for him to grow into it. And, you know, there's less than a month before the opener. So hopefully things start to click. He starts to feel more comfortable. He gets Miles Garrett going against him every play and starts to find his groove, but it hasn't been there yet. Um, you obviously watch a lot of O-lines. Is there anything you can see? Is it his footwork? Is it anything that in particular that he's struggling with? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not, you know, Mr. O-line. I, yeah. I would guess it's footwork. I, you know, I'm sure it's technique. I, you know, I think he's a smart guy, and you get him out in space, and we all know he's got good feet, and he, and he can move. Um, I, I, my guess or my thought would be it's just such a transition going from – you know, when you're playing right tackle, you're used to dropping back one way. And when you're left tackle, he's probably thinking about his steps and his movement as opposed to focusing just on the pass rusher, you know, because he's getting beat around the corner. He's getting beat with some spin moves. And, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of he's not comfortable enough yet. Yeah. And that D-line we're hearing and seeing a lot of uh, gusting. Um, can you see him pushing Chad Thomas out? I can. I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, Chad Thomas had his chance at the start of camp with Garrett being out. And then halfway through, you know, the first week, it's Gustin. And Gustin's been in there the last three days with the starters. So, um, you know, and it, that'll change when Miles Garrett comes back. But we're looking for that fourth defensive end, right? You got Garrett, Vernon, Claiborne. I, I would give the edge to Gustin right now, especially because Chad Thomas – Hasn't done much in his two years. You know, he did nothing as a rookie. Last year he played after the Garrett suspension especially, and he was fine, but there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of ceiling there. You know, he's more like he's more of a, you know, he can stop the run a little bit, occasionally gets to the passer, but there, I don't think there's a whole lot of explosiveness to Chad Thomas. And, you know, in today's NFL, I think you got to be explosive to go get, get the quarterback. What about the linebackers? Um Today, obviously, it was mentioned there was potentially four players, you know, in the core linebacker team. How are you seeing it pan out? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not a lot of numbers, right, yeah. from four guys. We don't know how long Mac's going to be out, if it'll be the whole season or not. Um, I, you know, it seems like B.J. Goodson has really solidified himself. I know it's only been a week, but he's vocal out there. He's the most experienced guy. He's in the middle. He's calling the defense. You got Sione Takitaki. And then it's that third spot. It's up for grabs. And Jacob Phillips, the rookie out of LSU, had a lot of snaps with the first team today. Um, Tay Davis is the other guy. Um, and he got some snaps with the first team. And that's kind of your four guys for three starting spots and two spots in the nickel. Um, so, you know, I was asking the linebacker coach, Jason Tarver, you know, is Phillips, does he have the skill set to play weak side? Because that's where Mac was. And Taki Taki seems more like a strong side guy. And Tarver said, yeah, he's, he can run well enough. The question is, when we ask him to cover, and man, can he cover the running backs and the tight ends? And that's going to be a question. I don't think Phillips did a ton of that at LSU. Um, but he's going to have to prove it. And obviously, we're not going to have any preseason games. He's going to have to show in practice that he can run with an Austin Hooper or a Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield. And, and that's asking a lot. And that was something that Mac Wilson did well. Um, 
So he's going to have to get up to speed there in a hurry. If not, then you might have to go to Tay Davis. We know that they're going to bring in, I think it's Malcolm Smith, used yes. to with the Seahawks, won the Super Bowl MVP back in 2013. Um, he's going to come in for a workout. You know, the, not only do the Browns not have depth at linebacker, they don't have much experience. And maybe the Mac Wilson injury just forces Andrew Barry to add another kind of piece to the core just to try to get some depth and see if you can kind of make something work, ham and egg it from all those guys. I posted a uh, poll an hour ago. Uh, are the Browns fans happy? Uh, potentially linked with Malcolm Smith. 50-50, yes and no. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh... I mean, it's tough. They need, they need bodies. He's got experience, obviously. You always wonder, though, why is the guy still available at this time? You know, um, and you, when you looked at the top free agent linebackers, there's not a whole lot of, to pick from. Yeah. I think, is there there's some guy called Lee floating around that's been linked? And Yeah, he was or, a Ohio State guy. Blocks. Yeah, Lee, Lee, Darren Lee played at Ohio Lee. State, the first or second round pick of the Jets, and really flopped. So, you know, I mean, those guys are worth taking flyers on, and you hope you catch lightning in a bottle, maybe like MJ Stewart Jr. we were talking about. Um, but I just don't think you can get your hopes up that some guy that's unsigned on August 20th is going to, you know, be the linebacker savior. And uh, let's move on to the safeties. Red wine was in there on the double double coverage on uh, Odell, and uh, are you a little bit concerned about that? The way that Odell has managed to get up and get catch that ball. Well, that was they went um, the ones versus the twos. It's usually been ones on against ones, but this is first offense versus second defense. So that's why Red wine was in there, and you know he showed up early in camp. I think he had an interception maybe on the first day. You know, I mean, Odell's, you know, a freak athlete. So he goes up and gets it. That's, you know, good on Odell. Um, I, I think the Browns actually have a little bit of safety depth. It's been Carl Joseph and Andrew Sandejo is a starting unit. I would expect Delpit to get more and more reps with the ones and possibly move or probably kind of bump Sandejo to that third safety spot. Um, but I, I'm okay with, you know, it's been an overhaul, right? I mean, Redwine's the only guy back. Joseph's new, Delpit's new, Sandejo's new. But I, I kind of like that group, and I'm not nearly as worried about it as I thought it would be. Now, that's assuming that Joseph's foot's okay. He had surgery a year ago, um, and, you know, and nobody breaks down. But I, I don't mind that group like I thought I might. My last, my last question was, did you see Case Keenum hold the ball for uh, Cybert? I did. I did. Um, yeah, obviously the hammer is missed the last couple of days with an illness. So I, I'm not sure that I think they kicked, I'm not sure they kicked field goals yesterday or not. I think two days ago they did when the hammer was there. Um, so today Cybert kicked, he was either seven or eight. He missed two of them, but Keenum was a holder. So, you know, and he looks, you know, he looks smooth. The one time I happened to pay attention to it, Cybert made a long one. Um, and, you know, it's usually the quarterback is often the backup holder. But it's worth noting, if you were really charting and said Cybert went five for seven or six of eight, whatever it was, you would have to mention the fact that he didn't have his normal holder because we know how much those guys work together and they really form a tight bond. And it's different if you don't have your normal holder. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's um, 
it's going to be uh, interesting. Are you seeing anything special on special teams or just um, looks strong like last year? Um, you know, it's tough to tell on the cover units. I, I, you can't say that Jojo Natson's got some giddy up to him, you know, which we expect. He's a 5'7 guy. He better run fast. Um, bounced one outside today and looked good. Was able to get around the defense or the coverage. Um, and I'll tell you what, Donovan Peoples-Jones looks comfortable back there catching kicks. Uh, he's also made a bunch of plays on offense. So he's impressed me. And it'll be interesting to see which way they go between Natson and Peoples-Jones just because they're so different body type. You know, Peoples-Jones is 6'2", 215 or 213, whatever. And Natson's like 5'7", 158. So, yeah, you know, it's almost like, okay, which way do we want to go? Natson's more experienced. You spent the six-round pick on Peoples-Jones. I think he's got a, more of a chance to have an impact on offense than Natson would. Now, maybe they both make the roster, um, but it'll be interesting to see how, they, how that turns out. Scott, if I put a gun to your head and said, who are the five names that are going to make wide receivers? Landry, Odell, who will be your next three, you reckon? <sighs> um, I mean, you, you, you probably have to say Higgins. I'm not a huge Higgins fan, but he's got the inside track to be the third guy. I haven't seen him do a whole lot in camp so far. Um, Kadero Hodge, I like. He's a special teams guy. He's also shown up a bit on offense. And Peoples-Jones. Um, I'd probably go those five. But I'm not married to Higgins, and I think a lot of people are. I don't think it would be a stunner if he got cut by the end of camp. Who's the other one? Um... Taiwan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That, you're right. I can't forget about him. And there's DJ Montgomery. I mean, they have numbers there and Damien Raley. I mean, I like Damien Raley too, but he's been hurt with a groin and it, it seems like it happens every training camp. He gets a soft tissue thing and you don't get to see him practice enough. Um, Taylor's worth. Yeah. He's worth keeping an eye on. You've seen them, you know, get the ball to him. He can take a handoff. He can do an end around. I think they like his speed. I don't think they would keep Taylor and Natson. Um, that's just, you know, kind of my thought is that they don't need both those quick guys. Um, I really like the idea of having some size because Jarvis and Odell aren't that big. And Hodge and Peoples-Jones have a little bit of size to them. I think Montgomery does too. So you're right. It's kind of up for grabs. Um, you know, I could definitely see OBJ, Landry, Taylor, Peoples, Jones, Hodge. Like, I could see that being the five guys. Yeah. All right, Scott. It's a day off tomorrow for you. Is that correct? It is, yeah. No practice tomorrow, and then we're back at it Saturday. All right, great. Well, Scott, absolutely great speaking to you. It's been, I think we spoke last time around the draft time, and uh, the most exciting thing now is it's all full steam ahead now to the season, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, not that obviously the – COVID's not going anywhere, but it feels like, at least right now, the NFL's in a good spot. Um, I think we're going to, for, for sure, it feels like, going to have the start of the season. So, yeah, it does feel full steam ahead. We're, I mean, what are we, three weeks away from the opener, give or take. So it'll be here in a hurry, and the Browns got a lot of work to do because I think they, more than a lot of teams, really missed having that offseason program in person. Is Ray talks the meeting definitely get uh, game side uh, passes or um, no comment yeah no the, the thought is we will a small number it's not gonna it might not even be as big as 
the number allowed at practice. But a certain number should be allowed in the press box. Um, but all the interviews will continue to be on Zoom, as far as I know. All right, Scott. Scott, where can people find your details if they're not following you? Yeah, yeah um, the Twitter account is just Scott Petrack, and then you can read all my stuff at groundszone.com. Scott, you're doing an absolute stellar job. Thanks a lot for keeping us all up today, and great talking to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Paul. Take care, buddy.